Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I'm Louisa Heron. You threw me off there, Jeff. I thought you were going to say more. Nope. He never says more. That's his, <laughs> that's his brand. The eponymous Jeff. Yeah. yeah. It's me. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, but I do like it. <laughs> oh, boy. What Halloween about times. What about me is eponymous? Mm, the name? Mostly. Yeah, you're named Jeff. Oh, I see. Because that's my name. Yeah, and I'm here. Name. And I'm here to say. Mm-hmm. What are you here to say? Uh, that the, I have the floor. I like fruity pebbles. Uh, Do not you? in the, not in the normal way, in a major way. Oh. I like them quite a, quite like a bit. you like Fruity Pebbles? I do not like Fruity Pebbles. They're too corn-based. <laughs> I like Fruity Pebbles okay. They're not my first choice. Yeah, they get soggy too fast for my liking. What uh, is the best breakfast cereal? Have we had this conversation a thousand times? Cinnamon Life. I had Cinnamon Life for breakfast, and I was going to say that too. Yes. Cinnamon I, Life is very good. Although I like others temporarily, but this is the one. I think Cinnamon Toast Crunch is better than Cinnamon Life. Mm, again, too soggy too fast for me. Uh, it's wow, too how slow it's to over, overly sweet for me. Oh, I like a very want. crunchy cereal. I don't want it to be soggy at any point. Grape nuts only for you. That's why <laughs> I like um, Captain Crunch. It's crunchy forever. Oh, it stays mm. crunchy even in milk. It's true. What I really like, my actual favorite is probably those, they're called, uh, I think they're called Quaker O's. Like oh, O-H yeah, yeah, yeah. exclamation point. And it's like a ring made out of the Captain Crunch material. And then in the middle of the ring, there's like granola. Oh, those are good. <laughs> Captain Ooh, Crunch material good. is a challenging phrase. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what it is. It is what it is. You're not wrong. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. I still <sighs> think it's absolute bullshit that Captain Crunch's cereal pieces aren't shaped like anything. Aren't they supposed to be treasure chests? I'm sure they're supposed to be something, but they aren't shaped like that. Mm. <laughs> There's nothing about it that says sh- treasure chest. They're rectangular, much like treasure chests. <laughs> they're not. They're like little tubes with, like, crimping in them. Yeah, it's like uh-huh. a, It's like a... You could sell me on barrel before you could sell me on <laughs> treasure chest. Yeah, they're barrels where he keeps all of the uh, pilfered <laughs> rum that he... <laughs> yeah. He uses them to fight Mario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Captain Crunch was always throwing those barrels at Jumpman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christ. Uh, Captain Crunch really does come from the same, is cut from the same cloth as Mario, huh? How so? Explain yourself. Yeah, tell I me feel more. Like there was like a, there was a time in advertising when you would just have a, like, vaguely ethnic man with facial hair tell you the thing is good and that's the whole uh, marketing campaign okay. yeah like uh that's a spicy meatball yeah uh, chef boy rd is on this same... time to make the donuts yep, time yes. to make the donuts is gonna be next i don't know if that guy was vaguely ethnic but he did have yeah, a mustache yeah i also want to know in how vague it was <laughs> <laughs> i want to know how captain crunch is vaguely ethnic next uh question. he's he has He's like a, a British t- imperialist. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say he his uniform evoked like French or Spanish. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. Mm, but he is from Ohio because he was born on Crunch Island in the Lake of Milk. <laughs> Why does that Ohio? make him in Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good questions all around. And yet, this is his backstory. <laughs> mm-hmm. But. He is a, he is a, as we all know, he is a privateer and he owes allegiance to no country. Yeah. That's true. Wait, if he's a pirate, 
who are the Soggies? Because the Soggies are also no, pirates. he's a private rivals? Here, not a he's yeah. A he's a legal here, pirate. Oh, okay, like yeah. Captain so, Morgan. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is what? Captain Morgan not a pirate? <laughs> uh, no, he's a he's a historical figure, a, a privateer who was a uh, you know oh, yeah. legally allowed to do all the crimes that he did. I guess I was thinking about the rum, but I guess the rum is named after the real person. Yeah, the rum is based on an actual man. Huh. <laughs> based on a real Challenging guy. ideas. Yeah. <laughs> is the flavor based on him in some way? Yeah, it tastes just like him. Mm-hmm. This is how he liked his rum. <laughs> he was buried in, in one of those barrels, and all the rum has to pass through the Ooh. Captain Morgan barrel. <laughs> yeah. Where mm-hmm. it gets to you. It's like how that... Some that Halloween of the Halloween episode of The Simpsons. Oh, I was gonna say like that tequila with the worm in it, except it's a guy. <laughs> yeah. Is that the weirdest Halloween episode of The Simpsons where Homer uh dies and they turn his corpse into a beer st- still I... so that Mo can seduce Marge? I don't remember this at all. <laughs> it's obviously it's in a treehouse of horror, so it's like a short one. Um, but yeah, Mo kills Homer accidentally, and Homer's body is like impaled on the the brewery in the basement of um of Mo's tavern, tavern mm. and his blood gets into the beer, and everyone loves it. And Marge falls in love with Mo because she drinks the beer, and it makes her think of loving Homer, but. In addition to this being very weird, the whole thing is done as if it's a play, where, like, Homer and Marge are changing costumes between scenes, and you see them, like, rushing backstage and stuff. Man, I really jumped off The Simpsons at the right time. <laughs> when was this episode from? I don't know. I Nowadays, I only ever watch the Treehouse of Horror episodes, because it's hard to find good mm. Halloween episodes of shows to watch. So it could have been a one so recent that Louisa and I just genuinely haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yes, it's definitely more recent than I watched any of the seasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything that was going on around this episode, but mm-hmm. I watched it a couple of times now. It's not terrible, but it's so bizarre. <laughs> they should have stuck to ripping off Twilight Zone episodes. That was their wheelhouse. <laughs> Yeah, it really, I mean, the same could be said of Star Trek. Yeah. Ooh. No, let's, I want to hear more about this. (laughs) I've said this before, I think, but I'll say it again. Star Trek, even up all the way through Next Generation, was just the Twilight Zone in space with the same characters every week. Hmm. Uh, Gene Roddenberry is a pseudonym for Rod Serling. Mm, everyone knows this. It's a, it's a, an anagram, actually. Yeah, it's he spells out I am Rod Serling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some fucking bullshit. Yeah, you can't fucking anagram your name and put in I am Lord in there and be like that still counts though. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you need extra vowels, and then what are you gonna do? <laughs> Those books were yeah. all written by a bad idiot who sucks. So. I can't believe how bad she is at writing. I think about this all the time. Like, in addition, the fact that you were like, oh, fuck, I need all these extra letters. Uh, Marvolo is his middle name. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, no, uh. I don't mind it because most, if you if you really remember, most young adult writing is so bad that mm-hmm. it's 
it's you know head and shoulders above what you would get yeah, in the library. She's like sixty five. She should be better than this by now. <laughs> well, in a lot of ways, <clears throat> yes. I mean, like, I I think it's more akin to. I think the high expectations stem from it feeling like it's more akin to a like um like a rolled doll or like a I want to say Marie Sendak but I don't think that's right. But you know like one of those really one of those sort of books. higher high highfalutin tween books hmm. um <laughs> before like Lord of the Rings if you will. <laughs> yeah, like maybe like a hobbit type of thing. Yeah, burn um, burn on our fans who like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that it's, uh, the expectation is that it's that, but then all of YA became, like, action, romance, supernatural stuff, uh, yeah. and Harry Potter also became that at the same time, and so, uh, all of that is very bad, and is uni- almost universally written poorly anyway. That's yeah. true. It's, it's odd, though, because, like... There's nothing inherently wrong with writing stories that have a supernatural element to them, but for some reason, you know what? This actually leads pretty well into what I did this week. Oh, Matt, what'd you do this week? So I've been dealing with a lot of um, goings-on in my life vis-a-vis looking to buy a house, Mm -hmm. and so I needed to have something on that could be on while I was sorting through papers and throwing away stuff to, to try to lighten the amount of packing I'm going to need to do. So I put a show on in the background. I'm also going to talk a little bit about the new uh, magic card set. So I'll talk about that <laughs> later. But So you're making sure you're getting rid of clutter in your life, but you're bringing in more clutter in the form I haven't, of magic card. I haven't bought a physical magic card in <laughs> 10 years. I only uh, use no. digital. You got to be able to frame them, the no. expensive ones. The no ones. interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> um, but, but while I've been packing, I put on, um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, no. no. <laughs> and guys, it's so bad, but it it's like great. It. It's great how uh. bad it is. The fact that they hired voice actors to play all these roles and everyone in the show is in England. It takes place in England and everyone is British, but they didn't hire British voice actors. <laughs> They've hired American voice actors who couldn't do British accents. Oh, man. Delightful. It's hilarious. Oh, man, it's so good. Like, I didn't think that... How do I say this? I didn't think that I would enjoy, ironically, a show that is, like, a long-running series. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have to pay much attention to it, which you do not, you do not have to pay attention to this at all to understand what's going on. Um, it's great. It's really funny. Just like every once in a while you look up and there'll be like a severed head with tentacles coming out of its neck stump trying to drink blood out of somebody's like forehead. Is it <laughs> supposed to be funny? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think it knows it's funny. But it does that same thing that appeals to like idiot teens of like people like hyper melodramatically being obsessive about things and upset about things and like uh the thing that makes me able to fight better is the rage at you having kissed my girlfriend (laughs) uh it's so funny um anyway i also didn't realize that that thing that like tiktok meme where something will happen and then the person will look at the camera and then it freezes and then it starts playing 
Um, Love Ra- Machine? Roundabout, but yes. Is it ro- Roundabout? Uh, it's something by yes. I think it's Roundabout. I thought it was Love Machine. Anyway, I'm just a love machine, and I don't work for nobody but you. I think it's that <laughs> song. Anyway, that meme is from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which I did not realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I knew. <clears throat> but I still have... Uh, Desperately avoided this franchise with <laughs> all of my power. You yeah. like you liked My Hero Academia, though, right, Jeff? I haven't watched the anime of it. I've enjoyed reading oh. it because it's sort of just like a superhero drama. But JoJo's Bizarre Adventure seems too stupid and weird. My Hero Academia at least has like some kind of emotional grounding to it. See, I would flip that and say My Hero Academia is also stupid and weird, but n- not. It doesn't lean into it as much. I've only watched the anime. I haven't read the thing, so maybe the book is better. But I've watched some of My Hero Academia, and I found it to be terrible <laughs> in the same way that most anime is terrible. Yeah. Where it's extremely like rooted in you being like, well, obviously this person can't just be fucking normal for one second because (laughs) their father's honor is tied up in their ability to be a flame god. (laughs) And you're like, what? (laughs) Why? Who cares? Why would this person care about this at all? But they do for some reason. And I feel the same way about... (laughs) I feel the same way about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but JoJo's Bizarre Adventure like, turns that dial all the way to ten... Where, like, Mm. the reason that I hesitated when you said, is it supposed to be funny, is because I can't imagine that during the creative process, most of the people working on it weren't like, this is so stupid. (laughs) But I do think that it doesn't, it doesn't rely on self-referential, like, can you guys believe how dumb this is, uh, in the way that I think it would if it was trying to be funny. Mm. It's like, trying to be serious, but... I don't think anyone on Earth could take it seriously, even the people who made it. The thing that bothers me the most is they use the most superficial, uh, incorrect references to classic rock and things oh, no, of that nature. Best. And it's therefore not even it muddies the waters just... fucking everywhere online if you yes. want to know anything about the band Dio, for instance. No, I, I don't think that Muddy Waters is one of the characters, <laughs> but it could be. He was a classic rock figure according to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, probably. <laughs> Anyone who listened to the Flophouse episode where uh, Stuart explains the plot of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure will already know mm-hmm. this, but... Uh, jo- jo- in the first season, JoJo's best friend is named Robert E.O. Speedwagon, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, that's just such a good joke. Is it? Is it a yes. joke? I mean, it is to me. It, it's not played <laughs> as a joke in the show, but it's fucking hilarious. Interesting. It's like this, it's this weird post-ironic thing that I don't think I fully uh, get. I don't know if it is post-ironic. Yeah. For me, it's ironic. Like, I love how stupid and terrible it is. But, like, there's an aspect of it where you you think the creators must be aware of those things that you like about it and be doing them on purpose to a degree. Yeah. I guess. It's hard to say. I feel like that would ruin it if I thought... If I thought that they were calling characters Robert E.O. Speedwagon to be like, can you imagine how terrible this name is? I don't think that I would like it as much. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder. 
I wonder what the whole deal is with that thing. Maybe he's some kind of pervert, the guy who made it? <laughs> yeah, probably. The fact that he draws the faces of all of the uh, male characters to be so, like, pouty and weird-looking. Yeah, they all like, have exactly the same face. I've seen stills from this. Yes, they all have the exact same face. They all kind of look like Derek Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very, like, uh, Tom of Finland, but anime. Huh. I don't oh, you know. disagree? Well, maybe if Tom of Finland was crossed with, like, a Nagel painting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, all of these uh, hyper-exaggerated, like, masculine hunks. Yeah, but also, yes, I agree with that. Like, it seems impossible that the person who created this didn't have a sexual interest in uh, extremely muscular men rubbing each other, which mm-hmm. is fine, if that's what he wants. Like... The fact that this show doesn't Not make that it there's sexual anything is wrong with odd. That you're saying, <laughs> yeah, it's odd that the show isn't just about these men being gay and in love with each other. Like, like I said, the main driving point of the beginning of the series is how JoJo uh, is extremely angry that Dio kissed his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and like, so this hyper masculine super, like, slamming our muscly bodies against each other uh, fight is ostensibly over a woman, but she barely appears in the narrative at all. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, it's all on Netflix. It's very easy to watch. You don't have to pay any attention to it whatsoever. And it's pretty good. No, it's not good at all, but it's pretty entertaining. (laughs) Entertaining is a, that's a useful word for a lot of things that I enjoy that I know are bad. Yes, exactly. I mean, it probably is, like, at least as good bad as, like, uh, cats or whatever. I don't think that there's any aspect of Cats that I enjoy that was intended to be enjoyed by the creators. Except yeah. perhaps Skimbleshanks the Railway Cat. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite. I do just think that the people who made JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I don't know what they expected me to like about it, but I don't think, I think that they thought I would be like, these. this is so cool. Like, these guys are so badass, and that's definitely not the vibe that anyone gets out of it. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'd be curious to know uh, creator intent, I guess, on yeah. on something like that. You can tell it's supposed to be badass in the fact that, you know, from hearing uh, on this podcast them describe what the plot was. Though basically, there is no plot, they just decided it had to be a epic battle across the ages. Like... Yeah, I mean, it's it's extremely in the vein of every other anime, where yeah. they start with a conflict that they're like, okay, we want these two characters to be, like, sparking off each other for the series, and then they just kind of have to come up with something to happen every week for for 11 years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ideal. So, yeah. Make a whole career uh, out Anyway, of that. the other... The other thing I wanted to talk about briefly is that the new Magic set released this past week, uh, and that also meant that the old ones rotated out. This is the September rotation, for anyone who doesn't know what that means. Um, every, ye- every year, the sets from two years ago are no longer legal in standard games, so that uh, boring. you have to always play with new cards. 
Uh, and it's great this time because all of those fucking Kaldheim cards rotated out, and those ones sucked ass. Kaldheim? What? Kaldheim is the plane that is based on Norse mythology. Uh, and it had Toski, who was the the equivalent of Ratatosk, the squirrel god, and fuck, that card was annoying as shit, because he was immortal, and every time he hit your enemy, he drew you a card, and everyone played him. Every yeah. every deck in the whole franchise played him. Hmm. Well, I'm glad for you that that's over. Yeah. Uh, and the new set is called Dominaria United. It's pretty good so far. Uh, I always like this part where like people are still trying to figure out what the best decks in the format are going to be. Um, because you don't play the same deck 30 times in a row like you do later on in as the meta evolves, as they say. What's the theme of this deck? So Dominaria is the plane that the that the original magic set started in 30 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the theme of this is the story, the narrative returns to the the, uh, the home plane of magic cards. Because uh, the Phyrexians, the people who combine uh, evil magic with like machinery to make Borg-like creatures, have uh, infiltrated Dominaria. So all of the heroes that had spread all across the universe to try to stop the Phyrexians get message that their home plane has been infiltrated, and so they have to go back. Mm. Um and many of those heroes turn out to have already been assimilated by the the Phyrexians. Oh. The biggest uh, reveal of the preview season this year was Ajani, who is a large lion man, um, who is one of the most famous characters from Magic Cards. Uh, he is one of the main planeswalkers, and he was uh, in the Gatewatch. He was, like, one of the main guys, uh, and he has been converted. He is now a Johnny the Sleeper Agent is his card name. Oh no. Yep. So um the theme of this is is pretty generic um fantasy stuff, but sort of generic fantasy fighting against the Borg from Star Trek. I li- mm. I like this uh this because it's a card game, they can just yeah. kind of be like Mm, some people are secret robots. Listen, I know you all watched <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, but we're doing it here now, and there's nothing you could do to stop us. Yeah, and they've kind of been building to it uh, for a while, where every set there was a card called a Praetor, which is like the the name of the leaders of the Phyrexians. So you'd be playing like uh, one of the the decks was Acoria, which is a plane that's just like a. Um, like a primeval plane where there's dinosaurs and shit. Nice. Um, and then in the middle of that set, there was a ca- card called uh, Vorinclex the Praetor, who was like a weird robot uh, dinosaur man. And you're like, <laughs> this seems like, why would there be a robot on this plane? And it turns out because he was a Phyrexian. So mm, every set stores. would have these Praetors. Every set would have like different um, uh, heroes from previous sets would appear, but they would be... Their, their card type would be completed, which it hmm. turns out means that they've had their brains replaced with, like, robot parts. Huh. So, they've been building to this for a while. Um, Weird. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good. They've been doing a pretty good job of storytelling, and the next set after this one is going to be called The Brothers' War, which is going to be a flashback to before the first set of Magic, 
when Urza, the like the main, the first planeswalker, f- first sort of built the machinery that ended up turning into the Phyrexians. Ooh. So he was like a good guy, and he invented Karn, who was a robot planeswalker, and he he did good stuff. But somehow he planted the seeds that the Phyrexians became later on. So they're they're going to wrap up the Phyrexian saga by having Dominaria united, then the Brothers' War to show you the origins of the Phyrexians, and then New Phyrexia is the last in the set. Doing a doing a real they... Amazon Prime's Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, <laughs> showing how yes. we all got here. Yeah, well, prequels have been popping off lately in a way that I don't care about. <laughs> I haven't watched Rings of Power, I haven't watched um, whatever the House Game of, of Thrones the one is. Yeah, and I don't care to. Like, has anyone watched those and liked them? Yeah, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well then, Louisa, what did you do this week? (laughs) This week I watched the first two episodes of House of the Dragon. And Matt has already said he doesn't care at all. Jeff, do you care about these shows? Uh, I listened to about half the audiobook encyclopedia upon which this show is partly based. Oh, blood and fire. (laughs) Fire and blood. Fire Um, and blood. But, Jeff, I don't think that there's a way that you could say you don't care about it in less in more words than that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't not care about it, but it's I don't want to watch a TV show of it. I want to read the encyclopedia of it where someone in the universe like half-assedly explains it because it's history from a long time ago. <laughs> I like this show is set about 200 years before the events of the uh, main Game of Thrones, the mm-hmm. Song of Ice of Fire. And I love that it's, they didn't set it as far back as everything's super cool, you know? Like, they didn't set it when Old Valyria, the uh, sort of Atlantis of the world, I guess, like this yeah. perfect, amazing city that was destroyed for unknown reasons. They didn't set it when that was going on. Or when everybody had dragons and there were plenty of dragons that were super cool and they fought each other all the time. They didn't set it then. <laughs> they set it only 200 years before the current events. So it's like the Targaryens hold uh, the Iron Throne, but they're in a point where the king is just kind of a guy and it's like it's been peace for a while and people don't really like the king. Like it's that kind of shit, which okay, I that's love. Game of Thrones. <laughs> It's uh, that kind of historical bullshit that I really like. I mean, it's not historical, of course, it's fantasy. But right. It's the, the ideas are historical. Inspired by George R. R. Martin's love of historical fiction. Yes. <laughs> which I think is... That's that's what always frustrates me when people uh, get all jokey about, like, oh, what part of history is this based on? It's friggin' dragons. Like, but it's, you know, it's sort of a fantasy version of... Yeah, something like that's that's an important thing in analyzing the media is acknowledging that it is based on uh, historical time periods and technologies, even if it's a fantasy thing. I think that's why that joke works, though, because if you've watched just some of Game of Thrones or like you haven't watched it, but you've only caught it in the zeitgeist, you I think that there's a very real chance you could be like, it's, is it based on England? Like, <laughs> yeah. it kind of could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, why Why are they start? It's what, Damon Targaryen, the Matt Smith character? He is, is the uh, brother of the king, yes. Why? This is the thing that I wanted to ask a question about. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. when I've seen 
ads for this series, the main question that comes up for me every time Why is, he look like that? Is there anyone on Earth who looks worse in a wig than Matt Smith? <laughs> <laughs> I think it works great for him because he already has no eyebrows, so uh-huh. he actually looks more like that's his natural hair color than any of the other silver blonde people. I don't know, man. He looks so crazy in a wig. He does. I feel like they he keep putting him in wigs in things, and it's just not a good I, good look for is him. Is there anything he's ever done where he looks like a normal person? Because I say no. Honestly, kind of Doctor Who, I think, is his most normal look. Yeah. <laughs> but that's because he's already an alien, so we could be like, mm, yeah, I guess, I guess his face is fucked up because he's an alien making a human face. Yeah. Oh, so it's good. There's lots of machinations. Yeah, I really like it. It's clearly set up, even from the very first episode, that the this uh, milk toast king, his daughter, is kind of next in line, but there's never been a woman on the throne, and in fact, you see um, political movements like the first minute of the show about how they reject the idea of a woman being on the, fr- the throne, even though she's uh, she's actually the daughter of the old king. Like, they refuse that. They go with someone further down his line to make sure it's a man. Have they overcome the challenge that so many dramas have nowadays where none of the characters are even remotely likable? I think so. I like a quieter show, though. Like, there's stuff with dragons. I'm like, oh, God, enough of the dragons. I don't want to see any dragons. I don't want to see people flying on dragons. I want to see people talking in uh, whispers and corridors of castles. That that famous I, that famous uh, Westeros historical event, the stuff with dragons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that does sound like a George R.R. R. Martin book title a little bit. Anyway, um, my, like... I thought Game of Thrones actually did an okay job of always having there be at least one character that you wanted to be winning, um, <clears throat> even if that changed sometimes, and you'd be like, oh, wait, actually, Daenerys sucks, and I hate her, but for a while, I wanted her to be winning. Yeah. Um, but I just, so many dramas nowadays, I want to get into them, but after watching one or two episodes, I'm just like, I hate everyone. <laughs> I just don't want anyone to do well, because they're all terrible. This yeah. is why I finally struggled through the end of Breaking Bad, but my god, that was a hard series to watch. Because at the beginning, you were like, okay, I could see that there are some reasons why I would want Jesse or Walter to do well, but by the end, they all are terrible! No, by the <laughs> end, I'm totally... Did you feel I'm that about totally... the end of Game of Thrones, though? Um, I think I, I liked... did. I didn't really I... care who got it, because everyone was bad. I think I liked Arya enough to keep me going through the end. Hmm. Alright, I guess so. See, I wanted I I wanted the redemption arc for Jesse Pinkman. That's what got me through Breaking Bad. I'm like, oh yeah, he got in way over his head and like somehow emotionally became a better person despite doing worse and worse things. I agree with that, but that happens like six episodes before the end, and then the last six episodes are literally just him being tortured into insanity. Yeah, love it. <laughs> no, that's bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm so. It's so bizarre to me that this Game of Thrones prequel would just do like fairly recent Targaryens and not be like, let's do Aegon the Conqueror. Let's fully go back to when Westeros was united. Uh, under the Targaryen flag and show that, because that would be cool. But well, no, no, they're just like, ah, it's another friggin' uh, machinations. Well, I like it for that. I mean, I'm sure it's less expensive and that's why they're doing it, mm. to not show battles every episode. But also, like, I don't want an epic. I just want some 
political intrigue. <laughs> so this is good for me. I also uh, feel like I wonder if that would have been too we already know that story too well like we would know well obviously he's gonna win this battle because he always like you know what i mean like we know he has to reunite westeros hmm. i thought the strength of the show the books also but i mean if you read the books you would have spoiled the show for yourself so if you just focus on one or the other <laughs> things like seeing the rise of rob stark you know clearly paralleling robert the bruce Mm-hmm. And you're like, but he's actually going to do it. He, they can't kill him off. He's the big character. And then, no, he did get killed off. Just like Robert the Bruce. Because just like real life, even though the guy everyone wants to win, you're like, he's going to win. He's not going to win. <laughs> I love that. That is actually kind of why I was frustrated by the Jon Snow story arc. Because mm-hmm. that I thought for sure that was what was going to happen to him. Especially in that one episode that everyone talked about where he was, like, drowning in corpses for the whole episode. I was like, how could he not die in this? And then he doesn't, and you're like, uh, okay. Yeah, when I they brought him back from the dead. chosen by God or whatever. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> when they brought him back from the dead, I was disappointed in that, because where the fuck could they have gone if they had just killed him at the end of that season? That I know, amazing. that would have been great! <laughs> See, that's why I've been waiting for the, uh, probably never ever going to be finished or published next book, because the end of the most recent book published in 2011 i think uh-huh. <laughs> uh, maybe 2014 um the end of that and it ends with john snow being murdered uh and uh-huh. dying and daenerys having diarrhea extremely badly and all of her friends dying of like dysentery and then the book just ends it's like <laughs> all right next time we'll pick up the two main characters uh just died in the most horrible ways so oh, you say you say that you're complaining about him not writing the books more, but you liked Elden Ring, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think he can crap yeah, out. Complicit, Jeff. Yeah, I think he can crap out world building in his sleep, though. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't know, uh, the friggin' Margaret the Grey. Who cares? Whatever. <laughs> I just I got a notification from Steam the other day that uh, Elden Ring had an update with new like, gear or something. Mm-hmm. Like, new legendary you can do gear Fortnite sets. do Fortnite dances now. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, but new legendary gear sets, and I was like, I could, like, feel in my mind, it felt like I was standing on a dune that, like, the, the sand was starting to avalanche on, and I was slipping down it. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, I can't go into this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a new hat, and I have to go back. <laughs> I know, it, it would. It's probably like a sword, which I don't even use in my build. I don't even need it, but the fact that it's out there, I, like, I would want to get it so bad if I, I, I need to back away. I can't think about it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the vehicle is fantasy, but the thing I get is like, like the Tudors or something, a show where you know horrible royals uh, kill each other, which I want. <laughs> so I'm enjoying this show. Um, I intend to watch the Lord of the Rings show. Haven't watched that yet, but hmm. and uh, the Witcher show comes out. The Witcher prequel comes out in December, and I'm really excited. I know they're all prequels, and I don't love that, but I'm really excited that like fantasy TV shows are coming back in a big way, like yeah. high budget ones that are pretty good. And yeah, super excited for all that. You watched the the other the Witcher series so far, right, Louisa? Yes. Yeah. I don't really so love good. how the last season ended with that twist ending, but you know, we'll see I can't what they remember do. What the twist ending was? Uh, we find out who the I, White Flame—that was his nickname. We find out who the White Flame is, 
Just helping uh, it. I don't want to give it away for yeah, people. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just don't remember it. I probably need to watch it again. I never take these things in the first watch through because I'm so yeah. busy being like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's exciting. Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, I have... Uh, well, I guess I, I could talk about having watched the first episode of Rings of Power, but it probably won't be interesting because I would just be like, well, it's Lord of the Rings. But this yeah, time, a TV all- show. <laughs> I used up all my making jokes about fantasy TV shows on Louisa. <laughs> uh, I read a couple comics uh, this week. Uh, by Were they a- good? Yes. Uh, by Abby Howard, who is a... Uh, I've heard pri- of this person. Primarily webcomic illustrator. If you watched the reality internet show Strip Search, um, mm. it was something that penny arcade did about 10 years ago um where they got a bunch of like up and coming web comics people and had a reality competition show to like sponsor the winner um i've definitely seen their web comics yeah i i don't think that abby won but um but you know most of the people who came yeah abby didn't win but mo- pretty much everybody who was on that show ended up ha- like getting a big career boost Mm. Um, so I read her comic, The Last Halloween, um, which is sort of a nice, it's very, I don't know, it's almost, it's hard to describe it accurately without seeming like I'm slamming it, which I'm not, but Mm. it's got a, uh, vibe to it, like, uh, sort of middle grade horror comic, like, a like a Jonan Vasquez type, like Hot Topic mid 2000s vibe to it. I don't know what that means at all. Okay. Uh, Jonan Vasquez is the artist who created Invader Zim and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Mm, don't really know anything about those. Uh, sure. Man. It's fine. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's about like a little girl and she gets stuck by herself on Halloween and then all of the monsters uh, come out of the shadows and start killing people. It's got this fun mythology. It's very like... Uh, wild and over the top um and that one was fine the one i really liked was a slight Wait, before you move on yes. do they un- do they describe what happens to you if the mummy catches you <laughs> this has been a big source of discussion in my household lately yeah uh, he, i have a theory i said it already but i will say it again he just beats you yeah. up <laughs> uh no it's no, he all kisses of kisses the- you yeah. hold on jeff this Go is important ahead. he kisses you but his mouth is full of scarabs and it's horrible and maybe the scarabs get into your body mm. no I, I i what the mummy does when he catches you is suck out your life energy to come back to life himself yeah but listen to the words you're saying jeff <laughs> when you say that what how does that physically manifest uh like it does in the legacy of cain what, he stands, like, eight feet away from you and points at you and then green gas comes out of your body? <laughs> yeah, you get kind of like a, a wispy special effect around you as you wither into a, a, a like, non-wrapped mummy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, as that's... you strike and become a cord cob, say that you're not owned by the mummy. Yeah. That's not even that scary, though. <laughs> no, mummies aren't scary. They're just dead Egyptian rich guys. They're scarabs. Mm. Oh think about it so what did you guys come up with for what the mummies do if they catch you i think that the mummy tries to like hug you because he thinks you're his lost love and then Uh when he touches you it your body turns to sand your body turns to gold oh is this mummified king midas 
Is the mummy's curse actually a curse on the mummy that he can't ever love anyone because he just turns them into sand? Yeah, maybe. Hmm, there we go. Commentary. I mean, in the original Universal Horror movie, like, you would just see him, like, reaching his hand out to someone, and then the next day, the police would find their dead body. <laughs> they find so, a pile of sand with clothes. <laughs> yeah. So, like... I feel like him touching you is what stops your heart or whatever, right? Maybe he frightens you to death. Mm. Yeah, that seems, again, I don't know. You're That's... so scared that you're seeing a, a shambling, walking corpse that you uh, die of fright. The problem with that, though, is that then that means that I don't have to be afraid of the mummy anymore, because I'm not afraid of that, so I don't have to worry about if he gets me. <laughs> Right, but if you did actually see a mummy in real life, you would be afraid of it. Yeah, I would be. I mean, I would be afraid of it, but I don't think I'd be so afraid of it that my heart would stop and I'd die. I think... You don't think that. Yeah, I... I, There's, like... If it were, I don't know, vampires or werewolves or something, I could rationalize, like, "Ah, it's just like a disease we didn't know about before. If it was a mummy, I think I'd be really way more freaked out. (laughs) <laughs> don't you think you'd just be like oh it's those mushrooms that can control ants brains I guess they can control people brains now no big deal <laughs> no I I maybe I'd try to rationalize it that way but if it was specifically a mummy I think there would be a part of me that would be like oh no they figured out how to make zombies 10,000 years ago all of modern <laughs> society is a lie and then I'd become insane and die yeah fair um, I think I think that it would be a thing where you see a mummy walking around, and then you're like, my options here are to abandon my life as I know it and go insane, or to just be like, I guess I need to accept that this is the world I live in now, and move forward, right? Or three, join the mummy. Lots of people mm. do. Yeah, yeah if, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, what's his platform? I mean, you know. Uh, like a pyramid type thing, probably? Yeah, if he's for universal health care, I might be on board. You know what? Like an altar with a sarcophagus on it. I think that's his platform. I mean, I would like that better than Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, a sarcophagus on every table, an altar in every home. Yep. Beatles, can't lose. Universal health care, but only uh, mummification. <laughs> Yeah, there's universal uh, supplies of natron and bandages for after you die, but yeah, nothing while you're alive. Universal afterlife care. Mm-hmm. Everyone, we will make we will make absolutely sure everyone's soul balances against that feather. Can you imagine if they if everyone became a mummy, like a walking mummy? There'd just be so many fucking mummies around. Yeah, but then I'm it would be normal that- to us. I'm imagining that old SNL sketch, Bear City, of all the people in bear costumes, but they're just mummies instead. Yeah. <laughs> Mummy City. I mean, I've not seen this sketch, but yes, that sounds right. Okay. Uh, mummies are a very solitary kind of horror monster, huh? This is what I'm saying. It's not like yeah. zombies where you'd be like, oh, yeah, there's just a horde of zombies over there. Like, how the fuck are there so many mummies, you would say to yourself? Like, like vampires can make more of them and hang out in groups, and werewolves, mm-hmm. you... uh are often depicted as being, like, in a pack. And also, yeah. they make more of themselves. Mummies don't turn people into mummies. Mummies need a fucking infrastructure to make more of that. Yeah. You need like, to have a priest class, you need to have people making bandages. <laughs> you have to have, like, 
an entire society built around turning one guy every 50 years into a mummy. Yeah. Somebody's got to make those hooks to pull your brain out. Yeah. Or, and those chains to wrap around your sarcophagus before they dunk it into a <laughs> cement block or whatever. <laughs> they accidentally made all the mummies evil. This is the problem. <laughs> they had to try to ward off the evil before they made every single one of them. It was a mm-hmm. big mistake. I... I love how in movies, when there's an ancient tomb and they're like, oh, why was it locked away? I'm like, guys, it's an ancient tomb. You're not supposed to be in there to see the locks. It's probably just for superstition or decorations. It's not any scarier than, like, a coffin being nailed shut. Mm. Isn't it? It is still scarier because it's chains so they can rattle. (laughs) Oh, and you Mm -hmm. forged the maiden life chains Jacob Marley. Yeah, the most famous <laughs> Halloween story, A Christmas Carol. <laughs> Kinda. Uh, anyway, the other comic I read was called The Crossroads at Midnight, which was five thematically linked shorts where people uh, find comfort in something supernatural and there is a, uh, a kind of twist to it. Um mm-hmm. Like, for example... Rod Serling is there. Yeah, Rod Serling is there. He steps out. Rod Serling. And he's like... It's better already. You've come to the... uh, You've entered the crossroads. For the approval of the Midnight Society, he says. (laughs) (laughs) He threw some creamer onto a fire. (laughs) (laughs) I love in one episode when they call that out on... uh, Mm -hmm. Are You Afraid of the Dark? One of the kids, like, tastes the powder and is like, huh. (laughs) Yep. It's, uh... that the shitty little brother character who becomes the main guy in the later seasons. Terrible. See, that sounds like a huge, huge tactical mistake because if you show kids a show where kids like have a magic powder that goes into the fire, like, fine. If you let them know that it's the powdered creamer they might have at home, (laughs) kids are going to do some terrible things. What's the worst that could happen? They burn down their house. (laughs) If they already have access to fire... Adding creamer is not going to help, yeah. but not going to make it worse. Of all of the things yes, that does. you could throw in a fire that would make your house burn down, I feel like non-dairy creamer is low on the list. Yeah, But it creates the sparks that fly around, and that's the problem. Those sparks are not hot enough to start Oh up. my god. <laughs> it's a bad idea. You know it's a bad idea. <laughs> I don't think it's that much worse than... All I'm saying is that... If they didn't know that the coffee creamer was what was in there, the yeah. stuff that they would experiment with throwing into the fire would probably be worse. Mm. Now, yeah, most it's... powders kids have access to, flour, sugar, those aren't really going to do it. I mean, not... I don't know that that's true. What happens if you throw a handful of sugar into a fire? It makes the medicine I mean, it burns, go down. But... <laughs> God. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I like these comics. They were enjoyable. Nice. Um, yep. And you can go, I guess, buy them yourself if you want. I, I do actually, I highly recommend The Crossroads at Midnight. I think it's very well written and creative. Monster designs are really good. Um, Did these get you in the Halloween mood? A little bit. Um, it was mostly that, That's like, good. I wanted to get through some of my to-read pile, and I've had these sitting on the to-read pile for a while. But you don't have to take my word for it. Do do do. Yep, take a look. It's in a book. <laughs> Check your local library. Um, Libraries do have comics. Yeah, I've read a lot of. <laughs> I actually finally finished my library comics and returned them after them being like a year and a half overdue or something because I got some like right before COVID. 
Yeah. And I was just like, uh, you know, experiencing multiple simultaneous apocalypses that made me very depressed. Uh, when are we going to get to the point where it's funny if somebody's like, hey, you know, like, you can't park here. If you're like, yeah, but you know, COVID. <laughs> I think that... Are we there yet? Yeah, I, I think, think so. we're there. I don't think we are. <laughs> so we all have to agree before it's true. I yeah. think I think we're there only if you've had COVID and been following the rules. Yeah. But how would I, a, a stander by who wants to be amused by your antics, know? Oh, uh, you know me. You yeah, know, oh, yes, you know right. what I'm like. Oh, wait, you're Jeff from work, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm from work. I don't want to, like, define myself by my employment status. <laughs> you're Jeff from reading comic books in the park. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, man, there are... One thing I've discovered by reading comic books sitting in a hammock in the park is that there's a lot of dudes who are not living to their fullest potential. They will pass by and be like, nice, dude. <laughs> like, Envy your comic book uh, hammock lifestyle? <laughs> this was like, I, one guy was like, you're really living life. And another guy uh, just the other day was like, you're the best, man. Like, this could oh. be you. <laughs> You're getting some real positive affirmations, though, Jeff. You, that's great. It makes it pretty good. Yeah, it makes me a little sad for these kind. Like for thirty or forty dollars, you could. Yeah. You could have a hammock to hang out in a tree with. You need to start a cult to teach people how to chill. It's more about having the time, though, right? Like I, the Maybe. hammock isn't the hard part. It's like if you are the person who has, you know, a child to take care of, for instance. You probably don't have the time to spend half a day sitting in a hammock. Yeah, I don't think that the extreme length of time that I like to uh, laze around outside is what most people would enjoy. I think I think yeah, people but- could get their satisfaction out of, like, maybe an hour or two on the weekend. Maybe this is part of my problem with being alive, but every time I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm gonna set up, you know, a nice comfy spot to sit outside and read a book and have a cup of tea, I'm like... So what, I'm going to do all this work for 20 minutes of sitting outside, and then I'm going to want to come back in anyway? It's not worth it. <laughs> That's my problem with running a bath. Even when I'm yeah. like, a bath would be so nice. Like, but, oh, it's so much work for 20 minutes? No. The thing yeah. is, the more you do it, the faster you get at doing it. Mm. So I can set that hammock up pretty quick at this point. Yeah. So it's fine. That's why you need to start a cult. This is the thing that people are, these men are actually jealous of, of you, Jeff. Is your prowess at setting up a hammock so quickly? Yeah, they saw me do the hammock really fast, and that's what they mm-hmm. got excited. Do the hammock. Pretty good. Um, did we already ask what yes. Louisa yes. did? I watched yes. House of the Dragon. Right, and we did what Matt did. I know that. So, uh, what do we do on the show? So, on the show, we go to the WikiHow Suggested Articles page and enter a random word so that we can get a list of articles people have requested related to that word, and then we can give those people some advice. And today's random word is alive. Great! Mm. Well, he's alive! <laughs> I want to replace, uh, I think that we should verbify alive. Instead of adulting, it's aliving. Oh, that's pretty good. Sounds a lot like saliva, which I don't love. No, that's part of it. Oh, okay. That's part okay. of that's part of what's good about it, actually. If you think <laughs> about it, saliva is so gross, you guys. I know. Don't think about it. Uh, it's in your mouth all no, the time. Stop. Honestly, it's not even like the fifth grossest bodily fluid. Hmm. 
I don't know that I agree with that. What's blood gross or less might... gross than saliva for you, Jeff? Huh. Um, I think, I think... Shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> no, it is a little hard, because, like, in in terms of, like, amount, if you ask me, like, is eight ounces of blood worse than eight ounces of saliva? <laughs> I think eight ounces of saliva is definitely worse. Yeah, think, definitely worse, yes. I think then it also depends on, like, in a cup, saliva. Poured on the floor and I have to clean it up? Blood. Oh, the saliva! <laughs> yeah, no, you- I- everything you're saying, I thought I agreed with you at first that it's tough to decide, but no, blood's better in every way. <laughs> I- Yeah, I agreed. Cleaning I up blood that, is such a, more of a pain in the ass than cleaning up spit. I've put up some- <laughs> I've- I've put some thought into it, and I can concretely say that saliva is the fifth grossest bodily fluid. Okay, what are the can other four? Can you rank four? them, please? What are the top five? Uh, okay, worst one is probably vomit. Would you consider that a bodily fluid? Interesting. Debatable, but if- Bile, certainly. Mm. Yeah, that- whatever is in your stomach coming out of you, that's gross. (laughs) Yeah. Number two, I think, is probably poop. Three- Fluid, really? Urine- well, again, I don't know that I would classify poop as a fluid, but, like, it it is- When it is liquid, We we all agree it's worse when it's a fluid, yeah. 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 (laughs) And it's it's classified as a bodily fluid, I think. I don't know- I don't know the rules, but- By the government. Uh, number three is urine, number four is earwax, and number five (sighs) is saliva. Yeah. Yeah. I'm- Amazed that Jizz didn't make the top five for you. <laughs> like, listen, Jizz has its place in the world, and it's not always gross. Yeah, earwax has no place in the world. <laughs> exactly. It keeps bugs out of your ears. It's perfect. <laughs> I know that that's true. <laughs> so does Jizz. <laughs> if you apply it right. Or if you apply it, apply it very incorrectly. <laughs> Either way. Uh, Anyway, that's my power ranking of disgusting bodily fluids. Part yeah. of your part of your Halloween experience. Thanks, David Letterman. The nicest gross Halloween fluid is that green glowing stuff, which no one knows what it is because it's just cool. It's not gross at all. The oh. stuff that's in the the glow sticks when you crack it and then it glows. Yeah, or in a cauldron, or in a bubbling Nin- test tube. Ninja turtles ooze. Yes. Okay. What Looks about the pudding? Candy apple flavor. What about the pudding inside the Ninja Turtles pudding pies that they used to make? That's green, green uh, pudding. Acceptable if you don't look at it. Strangely, mm, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a it's like a Medusa. But then it's just pudding. If you don't yeah. look at it, then it's just normal bad pudding. Yeah, that's <laughs> good enough. <laughs> okay, how do we do things alive? How do how to play dead or alive? Uh, first, I haven't played it. You um, unzip your pants. That's the one with Uh-oh. all the like booby ladies in it, right? Probably is that is is dead or alive? I mean, I assume that dead or alive extreme beach volleyball is a spinoff of it. Dead is or yes, alive. correct. Yes, that's the one that I know everyone is like. Mm, okay. Oh, CGI breasts are in it. Yeah. More importantly, how, how to play wanted dead or alive? Oh, you, uh, you, you gotta to... you gotta learn it in uh, rock band. You're gonna learn that those <laughs> opening guitar strings. Yep. Have I ever talked about how I own an electric gu- guitar signed by Bon Jovi on the show? <laughs> yes. Have you? Not on, maybe not on the show, but that is fun. Yeah, I don't know, Jeff. You probably you you may not remember it, but I you, vaguely you, you were remember there for it this now story. that you've mentioned it. 
<laughs> so I had an electric guitar for a long time that was pretty bad, and then I got rid of it, and then we were all forming a band in college, and the bass player <laughs> told me that his parents had bought him an electric guitar because they didn't know that he didn't play guitar, only bass. And so he gave it to me, and it was signed by Bon Jovi, and I said, why? And he said he didn't know. <laughs> That's pretty good. That seems still valuable. It. it probably is. I mean, I don't have fucking provenance on it. It could be anybody's signature, but... <laughs> I think once you own a house in New Jersey, you're going to have to hang it on the wall. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's, that's just good... the way it goes. <laughs> you look yeah, closer at the signature and it says John Bovey. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Oh, that's even more valuable. There's so few John Bovey's. <laughs> it's one of the misprints. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff, I know you hate um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but the episode where uh, Danny DeVito keeps saying that he knows John Bon Jovi, but he says his name a little bit wrong every time until he's calling him Bovine Joni <laughs> is very funny. <laughs> Uh, that does sound fun. Yep. Well, I'll give you I, I that. I think about that every time now. <laughs> when you're right, you're right. <laughs> a lot of these are very depressing about how to keep creatures alive and plants. A lot of them are about how to keep plants alive. Yeah. How to keep aloe alive. You're doing it backwards. The aloe is supposed to be keeping you alive. Yeah. Suck on that aloe. Get all yeah. those aloe juices out of there like you're a mummy. I remember when I was a kid, like, people would put aloe on wounds and stuff on their body to heal. Mm -hmm. And then, at some point, people were like, and also, you put it in, like, juice and shit. Yeah, you should yeah. also drink it in addition to using that it to heal sunburns. That doesn't seem like a good idea, right? <laughs> it can't taste good. I think it tastes like nothing, and that's why it's become, like, this cool thing to do. Because there's no real sensory cost to using it. It just seems cool. Yeah. Uh, I have to run to the bathroom. Sorry, guys. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, bye. Uh, <laughs> all right, Louisa, I think you'll have insight on this. How to win a WWE Buried Alive match. Uh, buried Alive. See, I know what a ham match is, where they have the ladder and they have a ham hanging from the ceiling. Oh, what? What? What are you saying right now? Do they just call it a ladder match? I said ham match, because ham's funnier, but... I don't think that there's usually a ham involved in a ladder match, is there? I'm looking this up because I believe there is, or, you know, some prize, maybe a belt, but I believe for, usually, you know... I thought it was a, like, the championship belt goes up there on the ladder match. match. I've heard that it's a ham. <laughs> your, your older cousin who is allowed to watch pay-per-view <laughs> wrestling told you. Do, do, do. So do you know what a Buried Alive match is? I don't. I assume that you're buried alive in it, or as a uh, consequence of losing... Is the Undertaker involved? Is this always against Ooh. the Undertaker, and he gets to start? His opening move is a dump truck covers you with dirt. <laughs> yeah, he's got home field advantage in the, in the buried alive matches for sure. <laughs> oh, these are all about professional matches. Damn, I'm talking about like the back room of a boxing ring or something one night, and it would be a ham. <laughs> what? I've heard this story. I want to say from Colt Cabana or some wrestler who's appeared on talk shows has talked about such things. That is the main one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'll trust you, I guess, about this ham match. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty good prize if you are making no money on the match. That, that ham might be worth $200, you know? What hams are you buying that are $200 worth of ham? A really good ham, like, 50 years ago is the thing. Huh. 
I'm back. Welcome. We were talking about ham. <laughs> what about ham? I don't know. Jeff doesn't believe me that a ladder match in wrestling sometimes involves a ham hanging from the rafters, and you win the ham if you get it. Yeah, they talked about it on uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself. Once. See? With Cole Cabana, I bet. It's always yeah, probably. Ah. I do like that more, because it, it makes more sense to me that wrestlers would care about a ham than a than a golden belt. <laughs> They want yeah. They love ham. Straight <laughs> meat men. Who doesn't love ham? I don't. <laughs> Sorry, I don't like ham. It's not that good. It's at least good pork. You like product. smoked meats, so how can this be, really? I, I don't mind a little bit of ham, but it's just the worst way to eat pork. I think. Mm, I don't agree. What about what's slurry? the worst way to eat pork? If you, eat a, if you eat pork in slurry form, I think that's worse. I mean, if you're talking about Scrapple, I love Scrapple. <laughs> I want to say the worst way to eat pork is those little canned Vienna sausages, because they're too sweet, mm. and they're mushy, and they don't really taste like anything. That's true. I guess I just, like, if I'm at the store and I'm going to buy a pork product, yeah. ham is so low on the list. There's so many delicious ways to have pork. It's true. And, like, if I'm going to get a whole, you know, shoulder or whatever... I want to. I want to slow cook that bad boy. I don't want to ham it up. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be busy porking out. <laughs> yeah. The ironic thing is, if you did slow cook that uh, shoulder with some mesquite wood chips, for instance, you would be making a ham. Yeah, that's smoking it though. I'm talking about throwing it in a slow cooker. <sighs> yes, yes, you're right. Pulled pork. It's gonna be good. That's true. Pulled pork is good. He's right about that. He's got you there. Yep. Yes. No, I agree. You can't. No, this I don't concede because I agree. Though <laughs> the thing is that ham is okay if it's sliced thinly as like a lunch meat, but when you just get like a thickle slab of ham, mm, it's delicious. so rarely good. The thing is that the the good part is the like crispy edge of it. That's good, but then you've yes. got this big like tasteless tundra of of gray meat. God, and so I just good. don't love it. Fuck, I need to buy some ham. <laughs> You've got the ham madness. <laughs> yep. I have some um uh fancy, the fancy one, uh Amon Serrano that mm. is just extra fancy Dijon ham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just cured and not smoked, so it's good but it's good in a different way. It's good in a spoiled meat way, you know. Mm. No, yeah. I don't. What? It's uh, like how it's like how prosciutto yeah, is tr- like the same thing. True Italian and Spanish and Portuguese uh, legs of ham are like slowly controlled dried rotten. out, mm, turned into mummies <laughs> in yeah. a controlled environment, so they stay yep. good forever and they're delicious and salty and they do taste very slightly of spoiled meat, but the good kind of spoiled meat. I mean, that's like dry-aged beef, right? Yes. Whenever you eat dry-aged beef, it's like, mm, I know this is supposed to be good, but I can't stop thinking about how it's just rotting. Yeah, I'm not, I don't get any of that rotting from cured meats. That, that slight, cured slight cured is different, though. Yeah, like, it is. Prosciutto cured has is a nitrates cured meat? in it what? to keep it from, what? Prosciutto is a cured meat. It's salt cured, not cured yeah. cured. Hmm. Is that different? Yes. So nowadays when we cure meats, we use what's called pink salt, which is nitrogen infused salt, which is why you get so many nitrates. Prague powder, they also call it, and I don't know why. Yeah. Prague like the place? Yes. No, like the rock. Whoa. Like Prague rock? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Nice. They're always singing about ham. So the talking heads invented ham. ham. <laughs> the talking heads are not Progmat. Oh, you're gonna no, get the Progmat so mad at us. You're ah, activating Jeff. <laughs> God damn it. I, I took a stab and I failed. <laughs> you wanted to go for, like, Rush or maybe Boston or Kansas. Mm-hmm. ELO? Are they Prague? ELO, I think you could argue as Prague. Okay, good. We're back on track. Asia, they got those weird bleeps and bloops sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. How to keep a lobster alive overnight. Oh, boy. Don't. Do they die that quick? They do if you have one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because you have one for cooking and eating. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's pretty wild that you would go to the trouble of going to get a live lobster and not be planning on cooking it that day, right? God, there. Mm, this is the thing that makes me angry. There are so many recipes for things that are clearly last minute, like soufflés, mm-hmm. and half the fucking comments below the recipe are like, how can I make this uh, five days ahead of time at the weekend? Yeah. You can't. I can't! Tough <laughs> yeah. shit! <laughs> no! <laughs> I do think it's very funny how people are, like, have been conditioned by, I don't know, cooking shows, I guess, to believe that, like, oh, well, anything can be done at with any time frame. Yeah. But, like, the reason that fucking Cat Cora or whatever on Iron Chef is able to do this in an hour isn't because it's easy to do in an hour, but because she's a fucking incredible chef. <laughs> And it's really hard to do in an hour, and she managed to pull it off, and everyone's really impressed by it. Yeah. The number of people who are like, okay, I want to make a risotto, but I want to make it in 30 minutes. Like, you can't. Yeah. Or the number of people who are like, I want to make this uh, delicious meringue cake, and then I want it to be fine when I drive six hours across state lines to take it to a family reunion next weekend. Yeah. Yeah, no, Uh, buy buy one at the store if that's what you want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just make it out of cardboard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just, just like, frost just like they have at the store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and finally, how to make history come alive for children. Ooh, Jeff! Jeff has experience yeah, as a teacher Jeff, of history. Oh, this is, you need to start doing this this week, Jeff, so <laughs> I hope you're ready. <laughs> uh, it's impossible. There's no way. Now, I've heard that if you dress as a historical figure mm-hmm. and rap about your life... Here we go. Yeah. My name's George Washington, and I'm all right. I beat the British in an f- unfair fight. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good start. <laughs> this is, yeah, that was better than I expected, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you have a natural talent for this, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I am naturally talented. You're right. <laughs> Time to abandon my career and You're- become a rapper. <laughs> Between your hammock skills and your rapping skills, mm-hmm. you're the envy of every uh, 30-year-old man. <laughs> uh, I could be the new uh, Jason Mraz. Mackle- I don't think mm-hmm. I, I don't think yeah. I'm good. At, I don't think I'm quite good enough at rapping to be as ba- as bad a rapper as Macklemore. <laughs> but I think Jason Mraz does some sort of speak singing that I could aspire towards. Yeah, you can yeah. buy a bucket hat, no problem. Ah, damn it! I was going to make that joke. <laughs> I've I've proudly owned bucket hats in the past. <clears throat> I know what Jeff's getting for Christmas this year. Oh no! <laughs> you keep daring me to wear more and more outlandish hats, and I just I always pull it off so well. It's true. Every year, I contemplate sending you my surge bucket hat that I got in the nineties for real by sending in surge box tops. But you know, I, I would still... just drink Mountain Dew out of it. 
Yeah. That's <laughs> to own the libs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice and let your friends know about the show so we can continue to grow. If you want to talk to us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord to talk to us directly. Every time I talk about magic cards, some of our fans come out of the woodwork to talk about what they feel about the new magic set. Mm-hmm. And that's great. You should, uh, because I want to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, get out so, of that woodwork. You don't belong in there. Yeah. So join our Discord by sending us a message and we can invite you. Uh, you can find me at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm also available online in... Wow, that's a loud motorcycle. Jeff lives in the Tron universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I live in the Troniverse. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also Jeff Daniels is your dad. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is also your dad. You got two dads. <laughs> I I think Jeff Daniels eventually just became not famous anymore, so I stopped confusing it with Jeff Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. he was Warmonger. No, that's the other one. That's Bridges. Oh, is that Bridges as well? Yeah, he's Jeff Daniels. <laughs> he's the guy from the newsroom and Dumb and Dumb Dumber. And Dumber. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh wow, they're different guys, huh? Yeah, Jeff Bridges is that guy who uh, menaced Iron Man for a little bit. Yeah, they just look. They look the same, and they set they their names yeah. sound the same. And you that's know what? Confusing. I get confused too. But no joke, when I think about Jeff Bridges, I'm like, I remember who Bo Bridges is, and if I remember what he looks like, I can remember what Jeff Bridges <laughs> looks can, like. You can reverse engineer <laughs> exactly. Uh, I uh, it's this. I still haven't figured out Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. Well, one of them's <laughs> dead now, so you don't have to worry about him being in stuff anymore. I don't have to worry about the other one being in stuff anymore, either. Uh, <laughs> ah, ding, ding, ding. Uh, anyway, uh, my stuff, weaponizedlanguage.com, the end. <laughs> you can talk to me on Mastodon at louisa at mastodon.xyz. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Please come back next week. But in the meantime, do not forget that if it's not Matt, it's not worth it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I like it. I'm the best around! <laughs>